Welcome to the MTB Tribe Podcast, your trail map for the world of mountain biking. And now, I'll introducing your host, Gareth Beckett. Howdy, mountain bikers. Thanks for being here, and welcome to episode 127 of the MTB Tribe Podcast. I'm here to help you find out more about mountain biking, how to go out the trails, keep you stoked, and hopefully learn a little more about mountain biking and the people involved. So thanks so much for being here this week and thanks for tuning into the podcast. Now in today's episode, we are chatting about film in MTB. We are chatting about how it affects what we see on screen. We're chatting about how to get the perfect shot. Everything that goes in to making those two and three minute snippets of video that you see. And it's crazy the amount of work, the amount of planning that has to go into making something like that actually happen and get onto your screens. Now, if you're from Ireland and probably the UK, you will be well aware of the Vitus First Tracks Enduro Cup Series held in Northern Ireland. I was lucky enough to get Neil and Caroline from Magic Beans Films on the podcast to chat about how they landed that gig. They will be filming the complete series this year and it's great to see people like this on board because it will give it a professionalism it will show us because we won't all be able to get there right we won't be able to be there live and see and and get involved in what's going on but we will be able to watch it on screen and i love what neil and caroline bring to that through their professionalism in the film industry and everything that goes on we chat about planning boards we chat about how they're going to get equipment up mountains we're chatting about how they're getting different angles everything like that we chat about all the equipment and we also go into the history of magic beans and how it started and everything else It's a great episode. It'll give us more insight into how we see so many cool videos online and on social media and everything today and how much the industry is driven by these images and these films and how the brands really require this to keep afloat and and keep ahead and keep everybody interested in in what they're doing and uh, getting out to the wider world. So without further ado, let's learn a little bit more about how you film great MTB action and get Neil and Caroline from Magic Beans Films on the podcast. Hi Neil and Carl, welcome to the MTB Tribe podcast. How's things in Limavari? Hello guys. <laughs> hey, <laughs> Limavari's not too bad today. It's not raining, so just a happy bit days. Bit yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a beautiful part of the world over there. Um, I'm just around the coast in Portrush, but Limavari's lovely. Are you as close to the coastline there or anything, or? Uh, we're fairly close. We're just at the foot of Benevena, the, the the mountain here, and on, on a little farm. And if we drive, we could drive to Benoan in about seven minutes. So ah, not beautiful. Too yeah. Beautiful. Very, very nice. Now, we've got you on the day. We're chatting about Magic Beans films and your photography and stuff like that. Um, and people can find you at neilmur.org. Um but you, you initially kind of came to my attention with stuff you had done with Glenn O'Brien and things like that. So we'll get into that a wee bit later. Um, Glenn's a character, I'm sure, as you know. And uh, <laughs> and uh, he's a listener to the podcast, so we'll we'll try and take the mickey out of him a bit if we can. Hi, Glenn. <laughs> um, and Carl, you're from France. Yes. <clears throat> my mom is actually from South Korea. My father was born in Poland, but uh, long story short, I was born in Lyon, 
in France and then moved away and came back, traveled a bit. And since last year, I'm here in Northern Ireland. So Neil stole you. <laughs> well, he convinced me, let's say. Like <laughs> <laughs> uh, good stuff. Good stuff. Now, let's let's chat a wee bit about uh, media and film and everything. Um, like, how excited are you guys about filming and media at the moment? It's everywhere, isn't it? Like, it, it drives everything. Social media, product advertising, lifestyle. It drives everything. Is it an exciting industry to be involved at at the minute? I love it, yeah, a hundred percent. It's um, it it is very popular, but I think we we have found like a kind of unique style that really suits us, and I think there's a few other people that like that as well. So it's really interesting, um, for people to ask us to do things, and then they have a little bit of faith in in us and creating something that that'll hopefully drive <laughs> attention to them on social media. So it's it's always exciting to try and create new things that that. It's a little bit different, and it, 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 it gets your attention, hopefully. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's definitely exciting, especially with all the equipment and things that go around at that at the minute. It, it, so much more is possible, um, and new, new <laughs> angles from everywhere, which is great, and no one's ever really seen before, which I'm super excited about. Because I, I, I want people to watch a video that we've created, and I want the hairs in the back of their neck to stand up. So if, if we can get that there, that... that gets me going yeah for sure it keeps me pure motivated to get another video out as well then yeah yeah exactly and the stuff you do is absolutely beautiful and your website's very cool and all Thank um yeah and you can tell that you are you know you're, you're more than just making films and photography and stuff you are storytellers and you're very passionate about that and you, you kind of make a story around it and and things like what got you initially interested in this kind of stuff now um, so I, I was an electrician for a long time and I had a keen passion for photography. Um, after a little while, I, I turned 30 and I was really just, I had enough of working on a building site, getting up early in the morning. And I thought, right, where can I go next? So I signed up for university and decided to study design for film and things like that. So it was graphic design and 3D design, sound design and things like that. And through the university, uh, I decided to take a year out to go to Montana and mm-hmm. that's where me and Caroline crossed paths in a little city called Missoula in the middle of the, the Rocky Mountains. So that really introduced us to outdoors. And after 10 months of living there, we took a few road trips within that time. And there was lots of activities like climbing and skiing, snowboarding, everything like that there. And we're like, how, how can we, you know, live this lifestyle where we're always traveling and, and things like that there? And and we thought, right, let's let's try and just get into photography and try and create pieces for small businesses and things like that there. And it kind of went from there. Well, we were mm-hmm. volunteering at Stendhal. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was just a passion project, you know, volunteering at the Stendhal Festival. Maybe you've heard of it. Uh, it's a local festival in the Mavari. And filming this um, was actually really fun, you know. Mm-hmm. And then we got offered to tender... A job at the Derry City Council for the Halloween festival. Mm-hmm. So we tendered that whenever we were living in Austria still. And we got the job and that's whenever we realized this is something we should do. You know, it would make so much more sense to just do that that we really like 
instead of you know working for other brands and follow what they like mm-hmm. so yeah it's it's interesting um and when you took the year out to go to montana neither there were you going there with the idea of doing photography or was it just simply a year out to to experience a bit of the world no so it was it was a study abroad year right and uh it was basically just to learn uh all about more about the cinema there's a program called cinema 4d and it's it's all uh i wanted to learn how to implement a good intro sequence into my film into the films that we were creating well at that stage it was just it was just kind of me i had no i didn't know where i was going to go but i wanted to know how to create interesting graphics that could work well within the short videos that i was going to make um i didn't really have a lot of intentions i just i just wanted to have fun for a year in america (laughs) (laughs) yeah cool all right (laughs) and caroline were you always into the photography thing the filmography thing at that stage as well when you ran into neil no not at all i used to take pictures and think they were great but they were just a souvenir you know (laughs) nothing Uh artistic or anything uh i was actually studying international security and international relations whenever i was in montana American politics and all that. It was really, really interesting. But um, I discovered I liked camping over there. I didn't know I li- I, camping was actually fun. <laughs> <laughs> and I got to appreciate all that, traveling a- around with Neil. And it just came across, you know, step by step. Um, all this makes sense. And my career in international organization didn't really work out as as I thought, but I have learned so much, you know, during those few years that doing videos today is is kind of destiny. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. It's lovely when you find a passion like that and you know, you can actually pursue it and, and chase after it and, and make make a living from it because I'm sure this is this your full time gig now for both of you. Yeah, it is. It is. Well, well, we're, we're we're not completely completely flat out. You know, we're we don't want to be have you know be working on a computer nine or twelve hours a day. Mm-hmm. We have a few projects that we feel we could do justice to and we can really relate to. So then they're the ones that we sort of spend time on, and it, it we make enough to survive and. We're just trying to be happy, not trying to, you know, exhaust ourselves with certain things. So, I think mm-hmm. that's I think that's really important to us that we don't get fed up doing what we're doing. So we're just, you know, keeping it simple and not being too busy. Yeah, yeah, makes sense, makes sense. So when was the stage when you you both thought, okay, this is something we can do professionally, we can do it as a career. Was there any one kind of project or anything that flipped that and, and made just think that kind of way? Um, I would say it's Darren. Uh, it with Stendhal. Yeah, well, I, I think St- a Stendhal Festival, yeah. And what year was that? 2017, I think it was. In 2017, we were living in Austria, in Salzburg. And we flew back to Northern Ireland to film the festival because... I've been involved there for a long time, and so has Caroline's been involved in the last maybe five years as well. Okay. So it, that was always kind of our gig to film that there. So we flew back to do that, and the one thing we did differently this year was we we had sort of branded ourselves as Magic Beans Films at the end of that. 
And then after that was done, we got an email from um, Dairy Council, and they wanted us to film Halloween, and that was like pretty big. I think Dairy Halloween's one of the biggest Halloween festivals around Europe for sure. Mm-hmm. If we could do this year, that'd be that'd be amazing coverage for us. So with, with, we initially thought then, oh, this could actually really really work. So then we after we filmed that, we thought right, we'll make a move and try and start Magic Beans for for sure, and. Mm-hmm. Then it's just kind of became serious. Yeah, it became real. Yeah, and had you had you the photography thing before that, man? Before the Magic Beans films. Um. So before, just before that started, um, after I finished my degree in design, I'm I got a job with GoPro in Munich. So that was that was working with equipment uh, with the. With the media department there, so all of the the videos that GoPro shoot in Europe, Middle East, and Africa would have came through your office, and I would have gathered up all the gear that was required for the shoot, all GoPros, of course, and then sent them out with the the creative that was going to create that. And I, I learned a lot about media production, especially in sports um, and adrenaline type type sports, mm-hmm. and. Uh, uh, then after that there uh, I got another chance to work with Red Bull in Austria that's why we moved to Salzburg uh, in the, with the same sort of role except this time it was with cinema equipment and big uh, fancy red cameras and the best cameras that money can buy and then helicopters and so all all the things that you see Jaggers. I think it was it's like the dream job for any, any photographer but the only thing was was I wasn't actually creating so you, I got a lot of knowledge on how the, how the gear worked and uh, then after that, we, it, was, it was sort of, I could see where I, what kind of gear I wanted us to get and how we could create certain pieces from, from in there. So, um, and before that, there wasn't really, I maybe taken a picture or two for a friend or two, but nothing serious or anything like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, the Red Bull stuff seems amazing because they have their own kind of Red Bull media section, yeah. don't they? Yeah. And. I know the red cameras you're chatting about because they were used to film a lot of the snowboarding stuff, the art of flight, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's amazing stuff. That. Yeah, that that film actually, I've talked about that a lot of times. That that massively inspired me to to uh, to want to do this as well. Like we have dreams of creating like a, a film like that, not necessarily around snowboarding or whatever, but but something like that about people that are really really passionate about what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and someday we will create something like that and hopefully it'll be as successful as that film <laughs> yeah like I know they done one before that with Travis Rice uh, uh, I forget uh, what you call it uh, but um, yeah that blew my mind when I initially seen that movie that was that was something else yeah. you know just, just the crispness of everything the colours just mm-hmm. everything that that film showed around snowboarding because it just wasn't snowboarding it showed kind of wildlife and everything else exactly. and oh, it was amazing man amazing blew my mind yeah there's another film as well called into the mind i don't know if you've seen that but it's sort of focused more around skiing and a little bit of snowboarding it but it is it's an editing masterpiece like that's to me it's been the best film i've ever seen that's been edited Mm-hmm. So like if you if you, like you should totally watch that too. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, cool, cool. And I suppose you look at stuff like that and think that's what you inspire to, and stuff like that gets you inspired. Yeah, for sure, definitely. 
And it's not it's like it. There's so many um, passionate people out there that are creating small films like that there, and especially with YouTube now as well, because your your stuff's shared instantly. So even on YouTube, you have tons and tons of videos, and especially around mountain biking too. There's so many mountain biking videos out there that are they're mm-hmm. unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's very true. And let's chat a little bit about YouTube and social media and stuff because it plays a massive part in the whole film and photography thing now because this the extreme industry you know surfing snowboarding cliff jumping whatever it may be mountain biking of course it all seems to be image driven yeah do you think or how much of a part does social media play in that for you as black beans films is it an important part of your your business um yeah for sure it is definitely well, I would say if it wasn't for the views on Facebook uh, of the Stendhal Festival that we did as, you know, as volunteers, it, we wouldn't have been recognized as videographers for the first job that actually made us turn professionals. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So everybody, you know, shares here. It's very, it's, it's working really well. Especially Facebook more than YouTube, actually. Um, but no, definitely. And people get inspired through what they like and they share it. And it spreads the word. And let's say it worked for most of our sports video or any mm-hmm. videos that were really, how do you say, local and pretty. Mm-hmm. There's more. There's more attachment or more interest into something local. Yeah, yeah. It's. I, I think you know. Like, do you use Facebook or Instagram more? Both. Both, but I, I, th- I think if you're wanting to become more international, I think Instagram is probably a better uh, platform to try and use, because with all your hashtags and things like that, you can. You can be noticed by somebody that's sitting in Japan that just had used the same hashtag as what you used. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's very, very important. Like whenever we're whenever we're discussing with clients um, how they can get more visibility, we always say you know use those platforms to their full capability. Um, and if you're not using hashtags, then I, th- I think you're missing out because there's so many people that will click on those hashtags and and can see them. Um, that it can go far, but but yeah, I think locally in Northern Ireland for sure, Facebook is probably more common than Instagram, and in- mm-hmm. Instagram is 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 big, but you know, still nowhere near as big as Facebook for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I think for me personally, I just prefer the Instagram platform. I think it's nicer, it's easier to use. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not as full of junk and advertisement, you know, just all that kind of stuff. And it's more image driven, I think, as well. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Yeah, it's it's so interesting. I was listening to, um, I think it was Joe Rogan, maybe, and he was chatting about YouTube. He's massive on YouTube, you know. Yeah. But but he was saying about the revenue YouTube was driving and stuff through video content, and it's massive. It's like two hundred billion a year or something. It's absolutely crazy. Yeah. Um, do you just put most of your stuff on YouTube or a wee bit on YouTube? How do you just kind of kind of organize that? We've so we put a lot on. We put everything basically on YouTube, 
but not everything can is visible depending on who we've worked for because mm-hmm. some of the videos aren't really released for public and things like that but we tend to have a version of everything on on youtube yeah but we the thing about youtube and us is we we haven't really focused ourselves to be noticed massively on youtube when i i noticed if you really want to get following on youtube you better do tutorials or teach something that people really want to follow at the minute i think we have 36 followers on yeah not a lot on youtube is it some something like that so mm-hmm. and our videos are very different from each other it could be a highlight video of boxing or yeah. or it could be just a, a walking a hike or something it's very different Mm-hmm. So, well, we've got some mountain biking video. Hopefully, this is gonna drive some. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, cool. Well, let's chat a little bit about your projects and stuff because, um, I know you just recently are doing stuff with Glenn O'Brien and the Vitus First Tracks guys and stuff. Tell us a little bit about that. Are you are you filming the Vitus Cup Race series? Is that right? Am I am I correct in saying that? Yeah, the four th- races. Yeah, the first tracks. Yeah, there we are. We I'm really looking forward to that there because I think as for Magic Beans, I think it's uh, it's a pretty cool accolade to have to say that we filmed the whole event series <clears throat> and like they're really really good athletes that are doing really cool stuff. So I'm pretty sure that we'll do we'll make some pretty cool videos of that there. Um, and it's and Ireland is beautiful too. Like so, and we we too tend to focus more on the outdoors as well. So if we get a couple of nice shots of the area where the races are, I think it'll look like really cool. And I'm super excited about it. Year at Castle Wellen, I was, it was a good how do you say it was a good training because we realized not only we discovered Castle Wellen, which we didn't know so far, but also. Everybody was good fun, and even the youngest one, you know, they would just race down the hill and not, how do you say, it's inspiring, really, because mm-hmm. I'd be able to, I, I would just do the flat bits, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, I suppose that's quite different for you as the mountain biking thing. Um, was it difficult to kind of get your head around how to best film it, or did you watch movies to get kind of ideas how did you go about that as i say youtube i watch a lot of we watch a lot of videos on youtube and also i was lucky enough to go and film at uci leo gang and la brasse in france wow so there was the downhill and the cross country as well and we got this i got to see people like g atherton rachel atherton aaron gwynn and they were their boys are just bombing down that track like and and then every time I've watched them as well, I'm like this. I'm, I'm I'm walking across a track here where I'm normally used to seeing somebody plow into a tree. <laughs> it's really really cool. So I think I've taken a, like whenever I'm looking through a camera, I think okay, this angle's been seen before from this course. I'm like, what way can we make this look different, but also get the same effect out of it? Um, so yeah, it it is challenging, but I think. Because there's only two of us on our team at the moment, you know, you, I think to film a full mountain bike race, you need lots and lots and lots mm-hmm. of uh, camera operators. So we try and we want to show as much action as possible. So we're constant on those days that the, when the races are happening, 
we're just constantly have one or two cameras in our hand at either time and we're always filming something to get lots and lots of content to just make into this video so mm -hmm. if, if a new angle pops up then we'll be like oh they will definitely try and take advantage of it sometimes it works and sometimes it might not work but <laughs> yeah because i always think it's 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 hard to do something different yeah. um especially with mountain biking because obviously you know it's so fast and the guys are, are moving so fast and things but you also i suppose don't want to do it really different where it's not what people kind of yeah you expect wanna, yeah, you does that see, make sense yeah you want to see mountain biking and not just random stuff <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah so do you go at it trying to do something different or no it's always about like we need a story to tell and even if the story is getting from the top to the bottom you know that's that's good enough for us and and if you if you can it's also well maybe it depends on on the video as well if the, if the if the if the client was just an individual racer then you know you'd probably think about it uh Differently, and you just get sh shots of him doing cool stuff. But if it's a whole race, you, I think as a story, it needs to make sense. So you need to see a little bit the start, middle, and bottom of everything. And um, yeah, just just to, to capture everything that what we see there and what happens on the weekend, we want to get that into the video too, into a quick, you know, three minute recap or whatever. Mm -hmm. So. Um, yeah. Sometimes the story can show up after yeah, the well. filming. So whenever you're in the middle of the action, you just think of any opportunity that would be a good angle to shoot. And, you know, you get fun. You get a lot of fun doing that. And then once you're home and you have all the footages, footage, sorry, um, then you can figure out what's a good music to fit, what is a good story to build up on and it just flows on like this mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's very exciting and i'm glad the the uh, the guys have got that organized now was it how did you get involved in that initially was it vitus contacted you was it glenn how did it all come about i think it was glenn contacted us we we, we made the video with beefy beefy mullen last year yeah um in benevena here and that was kind of a passion project for mine for a long, long time. I talked, I've known Beefy for a long time, and I've been into mountain biking for a long time, but not in a serious way. It was kind of one of them sports where I really, really appreciated it. And I knew that if it had been focused on properly, you could get a lot more attention to it, and it'd be better for the area, and it'd be better for people doing these sports. So we wanted to sort of share what could happen and what it's like to just sort of to mountain bike in this area. Um, and it kind of in the back of our minds, you know, if, if a mountain bike race or company or some even someone like Shimano sees it, like, oh, maybe we could use these guys to. So there was a little bit of a, a hope that the, the, the video would be seen and picked up by someone else. And then whenever Castle Well race was coming up, it was the last in the series. We thought, let's just go for the crack and see what it's like. And we ended up taking the cameras with us and. And Glenn saw it afterwards too, and then he contacted us to say that there might be an opportunity. So we spoke, and yeah, that's cool. Have you filmed with Glenn yet? Uh, no, not yet, not quite yeah. yet. <laughs> That'll be an experience. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think I think we're, he was we're, so busy. We yeah. never got the chance to properly meet him. All we had was a lot of Facebook conversations and phone calls, yeah. but not we haven't met him in person. 
Uh-huh. Yes. We were supposed to meet over Christmas to to film a little e-bike action, but uh, nothing quite yet. So fingers crossed. Mm-hmm. No, you you'll love that. That'll be amazing. Like Glenn and that whole Vitus first first tracks team, they're such a good bunch of people. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure you've seen seen videos of Glenn and stuff. Like the guys oh, yeah. can ride, you know. Yeah, we're we're the lots of Instagram tagging at the minute there, where we're all seeing that everyone's practicing really hard at the minute, and uh, it's nice to be tagged in all the posts and just see everyone that's really geared up and just dying to buzzing, just dying to send basically it. buzzing because yeah. you can see them fall as well, and they get up and they are still laughing about it. You know, that's mm-hmm. good. Yeah, and and Glenn Glenn is such a good character. You know, he's been around the mountain bike industry for so long, mm-hmm. and. Uh, you know the the guys. I don't know where he gets the time to do the stuff he does. You know, and with you saying he's too busy to kind of hook up with you, that does not surprise me at all because the guy does so much. Like he organizes these first tracks and Euro cups and stuff, but he races in them as well. Yeah, okay. The man's an animal, like you know. It's all about but, effort. Like the more effort you put in, I think the more you get out of it. Then he, he's putting in a lot of effort for sure. I think it's great what he's doing too. I think it's. I think it. Like, I hope it really takes off and it's really, really successful this year. And I hope we can be a, a really good, helpful part in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, certainly. So, when Glenn got in contact with you, what what was he kind of saying, or what was his thinking behind getting you involved? Was it just to give the Vitus Cups a little bit more recognition, or was it to have something, you know, in the books there and record it for future reference? What was his kind of thinking? Um, well, he had someone there, a guy before, um, that had been filming for him, and I think he's maybe taken a little step back this year. So there was an opportunity for someone else to fill in, and I think we had shown interest and expressed interest in in the mountain bike, and especially with Vitus as well. Um, and he thought, okay, these guys could work, and then and and he did realize that we were a little bit different in the way we were filming stuff. So he thought it'd be good to maybe get that across. I think he really wanted something. Um some videos to show off the events and we also got lucky enough to get full creative controls on the next video so I'd say Glenn really likes the stuff we do mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, so yeah I'd say the main uh, purpose of those videos coming up is to show off what the events are about the fun the races the locations and so the the effort put into the organization as well because it's every time in a different location. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So to organize all that and it's gonna be fun. I think. Yeah, yeah. And as far as the locations go, will you just go and scout those areas first before actually going to film? Maybe the day before. <laughs> well, it's, it's over a weekend, so we'll go on the practice day, and it's gonna be practice for us as uh. well. Mm-hmm. Because I think I think the track can maybe change slightly in the yeah, last. exactly. Depending yeah. on, on where, and they're very secretive at the minute too. But I suppose it always does help to have a little bit of knowledge about where we're going as well. So we'll do as much as because I think the stone and Meath is it one of the big wood is it? Big and wood, I, yeah. I think that that's I think it would be good to even check on Google Maps and things like that there to see what kind of terrain we're up against and. Yeah, you know what's good to take equipment with, and <laughs> mm-hmm. it's not easy dragging the cameras through the forest and down hills and things like that. So, no, I'm sure it's I'm sure it's crazy. Um, 
you know, and I know Glenn's stoked to have you guys on board because he got in contact. I don't know how he found out that I was getting you on the podcast <laughs> and he got in contact and he says, yo, you have the Black Beans boys coming on. Happy days, you know. So it's cool. Like he's excited about it as well, I think. I definitely, hopefully so, hopefully so yeah. <laughs> Aye, well, he knows. He can leave it in your hands. He knows it's in good hands and he can forget about that and just concentrate on winning more races. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. That's good. <laughs> cool. Uh, let's chat a wee bit about equipment, if you don't mind, uh, and what you use, because um, I'm probably like quite a lot of people out there. You think if you have a mobile phone in your hand now, you're a photographer. Um, but I know there's a lot, lot more involved in it than that. So what kind of equipment will you just kind of take to, to the races? Uh, well... I think a, bit of but a, a little bit of everything. So we have a lot of GoPros, um, fours, fives, sixes, and and you eight. Um, and so, stabilizers. Yeah, and the stabilizers for them. So we we've quite we've had quite a lot of good results with attaching the GoPro onto bikes and things like that, provided it's all stabilized properly. Um, and then we have. So the, we'll uh, just actually sorry to interrupt. We'll just actually give riders GoPros to film. Yeah. Right. Uh, oh, cool. Okay. So over over the race, we'll, we'll be like, oh, as as long as they they don't mind doing that, you know. Mm-hmm. Here, you can stick this on and just hit record just before you start a, a section, or whatever, and then come back and then and then at least uh, we'll we'll do it with a few a few riders. I know, maybe not everybody, but yeah. Give it to someone we want to follow as yeah, well. Yeah, and someone that has a, a good chance of mm-hmm. uh, of of finishing high. So. All right, cool. And, and what else will you use them? Will you do you fill them with video cameras or do you use XLRs and stuff like that? Uh, so we have uh, a mirrorless Sony A7 III. It's called. Um, it's it's not a video camera as such. It's more a photo camera that does video. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's very good. It does slow motion. It's a nice big sensor on it, so really nice images and low lighting. Things like that. So whenever we're in the shade in the forest, it should capture it very nicely. Um, what else do we have? We have a 360 fusion camera by GoPro as well. We, we put it on a cable. Yeah, cam. we use that on a cable cam system. Wow. Which is, which is normally pretty cool. Um, so that can go what in in places where the drone cannot go, and it's safer for everyone. Yeah. So. Mm. So you just strap that between trees, kind of thing, and and it'll follow a rider exactly. around a certain section. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. But it can only go in one line. It couldn't go, you know, in an angle or anything. You couldn't strap the the cable to a tree and then follow in the angle. So that's just a tricky part. It has to be in in a straight line. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we still get quite good shots out of it so far mm-hmm. it's been it's been working for us it's mm-hmm. really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, cool and then i think i think our other main piece would be the drone it's a, it's, and well yeah sorry. It's, uh, sorry we have a couple of stabilizers for the the bigger cameras too um which are quite heavy beasts but nobody likes shaky video so mm-hmm. <laughs> i think that's a, a big difference that we try and do is we don't want any shakiness unless we're looking for a shaky feel yeah like you see you see a lot of these guys on youtube and stuff are behind the scenes footage of guys running with massive cameras but they have got like some kind of contraption 
on them like a backpack almost on their front and it, there's kind of like a massive gimbal or something on it and it holds the camera do you use stuff like that the ronin would be yeah the, the ronin s would hold will hold the large camera the, the ronin s we're using as a stabilizer it would hold something like a red with a with a small size lens on it too so it's more than capable of holding their um lens and camera um, it's not quite as big a setup. Like it, we don't have it on a on a backpack or anything like that. It's just it's just a, a one hand, like it's a a, one, a double handed um, stick. Uh, stick basically mm-hmm. with the, the camera sits top, and then it's got a little tripod so that we can set it down easily. It's it's more a run and gun setup um, mm-hmm. so that we can get shots quick. But it's quite heavy. Yeah, it is very heavy. But mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, and you're carting all this stuff about you up and down the mountain and. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's I, 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 I love it like I, I don't even feel tired sometimes because once I'm looking behind a camera I'm thinking oh this is going to look amazing or that's going to look amazing or I just get super excited and then I want to get to the next spot to get another shot like that mm-hmm. so let's chat about the drone because drones are massive at the minute aren't they this really has changed everything the, the drone technology as far Indeed. as access cost production all that kind of stuff um, yeah. What kind of drone do you use? So we have a, a Mavic 2 Pro, and that's by DJI. Um, it's about, about a year and a half old now. It's still really, really cool, but it's really small and compact. So it's about, I'm just holding it here in my hand now, it's about, it's about the same length as my hand. Wow, it, really? It, it folds down, so the, the four... The four um, the four arms they they pull out and spread out so that it, it gives it that nice compact so we can easily stick that in a backpack and along with all the GoPros and things like that and it, it makes it very easy to use so mm. as long as you've got permission from the landowners and things like that we're all good to go. All right, cool. And does a GoPro just clip onto that or what? No, so that's got a built-in camera. All right. Um, and it's I don't know if it's as good as. A GoPro, but it's it's very good too. Mm-hmm. So, like the the drone the drone thing has changed film, hasn't it? You know, because all of a sudden anybody really can use and get kind of film photography and stuff. Whereas before you'd have had to have had a, helic- a helicopter and everything else, and <laughs> it's really changed things. Have you seen it? Have you seen that change? Has the drone thing changed everything? Big time, yeah. It's uh, last year I was like, oh, I can't wait to get my license. I can't wait to get my license. And now this year I'm like, oh, there's just so much talk about it, and they get such a bad rep and things like that. It's nearly nerve wracking to take your drone out in case you do a little tiny thing wrong, and then somebody's going to report you for it. And things like that. That's the only thing that I don't like about it. But but yeah, I think it's fantastic because you can like there's a. I sold an old drone when I was working at Rebel, and it was taken to K2. <laughs> and I wow. Was like, no, nobody can ever claim K2 and have aerial footage unless you could do it with a drone. Because the helicopter's not going to make it up that far. And you're like, this is amazing. It really did change, especially for adventures and things like that, taking it into the wilderness and just having that extra perspective from the sky. I think it's fantastic to have. Mm-hmm. So. It really has made things amazing. Yeah. You know, the imagery we're getting and stuff. As far as the technology of drones go, um, I've seen online on YouTube and stuff like these drones that follow you down the trails and things. Yeah. Is that really expensive? And 
is it really possible to get good stuff out of that or does it take a mountain of time editing and things like that no 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 so ours actually does that as well um uh and basically the software built in within the drone they, they can basically a lot of them now can basically fly themselves now dji are a very very good company and i would say they're they're world leading in their class you know and they, they basically use like a contrast detect system so if so, if a mountain biker or a snowboarder is going down the mountain and they wear they're wearing an orange jacket against white snow the camera basically sees the difference in color and fall locks onto that and follows it down the hill so that's crazy it's it's pretty good as long as as long as you know it can there's not going too fast if you're going really really fast then it can be quite difficult to keep up with it but mm-hmm. it's it's very good <laughs> yeah and is that usable through the forest though no through is if it's yeah i think i think if there was a gap if you were going down like um no no i wouldn't say it actually worked i did see there was a there was a Casey Neistat, you know him? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he he reviewed a drone last year, and the software was fantastic. He took this drone to trees, and then he skateboarded through the trees, and the and the drone followed him perfectly. It was very shaky, but you know the software had actually did its job properly. So you look, if they had that sort of software and put it into like a better drone company like DJI, then I would imagine that it would work for sure. But. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the if the technology has caught up yet, so maybe. Yeah, it's crazy. I seen footage one time of a guy canoeing down a river, <clears throat> and he uh, he was at the side of the river with his canoe, and he just threw. You didn't really know what it was. He just threw something under the river, and it just went into the water and floated in the water. He got in his canoe, got out a little bit, and then touched something on his watch and this drone took off from the water uh, and just hovered over the top of him and then followed him down the river it's crazy isn't it? <laughs> and you're just like what really it's it is nuts man it is nuts <laughs> it, it is you know it's something else the technology is unbelievable you know and it's given us all these awesome images and it's getting us closer to the real action and, and maybe feeling like what the real action actually actually is like, you know, mm-hmm. um, and users suppose try to bring that across in your films and and everything yeah. yous do. Um, what about editing and stuff like that? How intensive is that? Because I'm sure that takes a lot of time. It can do, um, depending on what you're doing. But if, uh, as I say, if you have like for me, if if we have full creative control, it makes it a lot easier and a lot more fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas if somebody says I want exactly this or I want exactly that, then it, it it it's not as much fun I would say, but it's that's when it can can become more challenging because sometimes some of your a shot you tried to get might not have uh, worked out exactly as it did in your head, so you have to try and rethink another way of how to tell that bit of the story. But if you if you can do whatever you want, then it can be really really fun because you could think oh this bit here works with that and then. You know the way the way you transition between shots can become really exciting too, and yeah, I think every edit's different for me because depending on what I'm feeling at the time, it could be happy or sad or excited mm-hmm. or want someone to I don't know. It 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 can be long processes too. I've seen doing all nighters just sitting and looking at a wee thing that only lasts ten seconds, but 
at the end of it, you're looking at it, you're like, okay, I like this, I like this. And then if I, if I get that reaction, I'm happy enough. Yeah. So. Do you get, like, do you get film block? You know the way writers get writer's block? Do you get film block where you can't uh, edit stuff? You just can't, you just can't vision it or something? I, I, don't, I don't think it's, it's a block. I think if, if, we, if we've done our job properly, then we have filmed it uh, to our storyboards. And then there's always a story there to be told. But sometimes uh, if a job's been going on for a few weeks and you're like, oh, I'm fed up looking at this here job now. I want to move on to something else. It doesn't happen too much, but uh, you know, there's been some personal projects where we've been taking them on, and you're like, oh, that's what I just want to be finished now. That's why we are a good team because I'm not much involved in the edit process so far, so much, but um, I have a look at the evolution of an, an edit. So whenever you know there there is kind of a if there was a flop, you know. I would have a look at the video and give my opinion, my honest opinion. Mm-hmm. That's whenever Neil bounces again and goes crazy with the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah. So, no, that's that's good. There, there is no blockage. Touch wood. Yeah, but yeah, the ad, cool. ad, ad is definitely a fun part, you know, because that's where the story is told. Mm-hmm. You, know, you can make nice images, but I, I think. If you don't have a good story, then it's not as fun. Or if there's if there's something there that doesn't, or if it, it doesn't make sense, then it makes it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned the storyboard there. So do you just go, you know, will you just go to the the Vitus first tracks cup? Will you go there with a storyboard in mind to kind of fill them around that? How does that work? Um, so with I think there's a few writers that we're going to interview, and we'll have definite storyboard for them. But most of the time, it's basically shot lists. Um, that we go with um, if, yeah, for, for the video itself and then if there is a little story in there then we'll have it we'll have it jotted out but the story might be um, Jack goes up the hill and he gets a pail of water and then he comes back down it could be something really really simple mm-hmm. um, but just as long as we remember it in our head and to, to capture that um, mm-hmm. so yeah yeah, so you kind of go in with a plan. You're just not going up and down the mountain following riders and pointing your camera. And... There's always a plan, yeah. Wow, that's exciting. So you, you would kind of do all that beforehand, kind of figure all that out. So there's a little bit of homework to be done before you start these things. Definitely. We, well, it, it's more beneficial for you, I think, especially going to an event like this here where there's you're up against the time. Um, and if you don't get to a certain spot fast enough, then... Uh, you're not going to get a shot of anyone there. So that's why it's maybe good to give a GoPro to a certain rider. So if we don't get a certain coverage of the track as us two, then the the person, the, the rider on with the GoPro will have that little bit there. Yeah, it's a good and idea. It goes by really, really quickly mm. on, the, on the competition day. So better be prepared. I exactly because before you know it, half the day could be gone, and you haven't got the, you know, the shots you were wanting and stuff. So I suppose having that kind of plan ahead of time is is really necessary. Yeah, for sure. So how do you just keep passionate about the whole thing? You know, you're doing it day in day out. How do you keep passionate? How do you keep motivated? Um, I think go- having goals, um, and something to aim for. Um, I just want every video that we create to be as as good as the next one and if someone else talking about it and uh, a new client coming to us and saying oh will you do this or will you do that for us um, 
So at the minute, we're we're trying to aim for making a, a little bit of a longer format film so that we can enter into film festivals and maybe be recognized by a larger company like North Face or Patagonia. And then they would say, oh, I want you to come and do a bit of filming for us for a year in, in Chile or whatever. I think that would be amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that, that that's the kind of things that I thrive for and that's what, I, what I'm looking for. So it's just top class and top quality imaging that we want to get and a decent story behind it too. Because we're not mm-hmm. too bad at the minute, you know. We're filming what we really want to film, actually. Well, not all the time, but most of the time it's great and it's fun and that keeps us going with the smile. Mm-hmm. So having goals on top of that is just a, is just making sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, it sounds, sounds like the way to go. And as far as the future of Magic Beans films go, have you anything really cool planned for the future? Anything mountain bike related other than the Vitus stuff? Um, I don't think we have anything at the moment. But we're always in talk and we're always keen to try new things. So if there's anyone out there that ever wants to to collaborate with us, feel free to get in touch. <laughs> well, we, we thought of going to Scotland for a while. So hopefully... Yeah. Well, because of that mountain biking video of on Isle of Sky. Oh yeah, yeah. That, so Dan McCaskill's video on on mm-hmm. You've seen that? Everyone think everyone's seen that. That's the <laughs> that's actually the reason why I first bought a drone. Is because there's really? one there where the drone where Danny's doing a wheelie over the top of a rock, and then the drone goes over the lake, and then it just reveals the ocean in front of me. I'm like, this is insane. So we want to go to that exact spot and uh, just get a couple of pictures around there. But I think that's just a little, a little personal film. It'll be like a little road trip video as well. Mm. But um, if, if there is any mountain biker over there, it would be good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, you know, hopefully the Vita stuff will open some doors for you as far as the mountain bike thing goes. Um, you know, it's it's a very... It's a really, really great community, but it's quite a small community in the same time, you know, but um, certainly images and everything for companies and brands, and they're always looking for good images and, and everything else. So hopefully something comes of that for you. Yeah, for sure. Fingers crossed, yeah. That would be great. Cool. And I know you are kind of stuck for time there, folks, so I won't keep you that much longer. But is there anything on your on your bucket lists that you would really want to do? As far as Fellaman goes, outdoors. Yeah, as long as it's outdoors and, yeah. and, it, and it's and it's involving somebody really passionate, like should it be skateboarding, mountain biking, BMX, and snowboarding, whatever. Um, I think I'm cool to film at. I think locally, I don't know, surfing's quite a big thing here as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd love to get onto like a world tour and just follow the surfers around the world. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that I think that'd be really cool. Uh, but no, I just traveling outdoors, yeah. having the same kind of fun. I think I think if, if National Geographic was listening there and they says, "Oh, these guys could do for us," I think that would be great to get in with them. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, that would just... be smarter. <laughs> but no, I, I think I think just sharing people's passion, I think, is is is, is way is what we love to do and if it's outdoors it's even better so yeah for sure for sure all right so how can people best find you and get in contact um on facebook if you look at magic beans films we should 
you should easily find us and and the same with uh, Instagram, Instagram as well and YouTube yeah mm-hmm. always if you just search Magic Beans Films I think we're the only ones sort of rocking that at the moment so it's not too bad cool you'll pop up there and they can find Magic Beans under your website as well neilmurdo.org oh, yeah, yeah. yeah the web the, we have another website in construction at the minute so this is uh, I thought we would we would have a little website or at least a couple of pages on my personal website so it looked a little bit more professional <laughs> which is neilmurdo.org yeah slash yeah, magic cool. Cool, yeah, I'll put all links and that on the show notes for you so people can find you easily there and check out what you're doing. Um, Super. But listen, folks, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. It was great to chat to you, and I really hope the Vitus thing goes really well, and I think that will do a lot for mountain biking in, in Northern Ireland and Ireland as a whole, and uh, I think it'll only get bigger bigger and better from there, so I'm good. I'm, good. I'm glad you guys are on board. Somebody needs to be doing it. Thank you very much. We are really happy about it. And thank you so much for inviting us on this podcast. You're more than welcome, folks. Have a great day there. And um, I'll be keeping an eye on your films. And make sure and get some funny ones with Glenn when you're filming that (laughs) way. Make sure (laughs) if he falls, if he falls, please try and get it on camera. Oh, 100%. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, folks. Have a good day. Thank you, Nay. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. That's a wrap for episode 127, folks. I hope you really enjoyed that and it gave you a little bit more insight into what actually goes on to filming these two and three minute segments of mountain biking. And it's awesome to see that the Magic Beans crew are getting involved and we will have some awesome footage to look forward to of the Vitus First Tracks Enduro Cup Series. So we are really, really looking forward to that. Now, Neil and Caroline, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. It was great to chat to you, and it was great to see what you guys are getting up to there, and I hope to meet you in the near future. So good luck with all that you have planned for 2020, and I hope to see a lot more of your films out there, and uh, I'm sure we'll get some great footage and some great stuff to look forward to. Now, folks, if you want to know a little bit more about Magic Beans, about what we chat about on the podcast, just simply go to the show notes. You'll find them at mtb-tribe.com. You'll be able to get all the links to Magic Beans there and some videos they've done in the past and all their social networks and stuff like that. Now, if you're enjoying the show, the best way to show your support is by subscribing, rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. Every one of your ratings help boosts us on Apple's algorithms and helps spread the good word about the show to more people if you're not on Apple don't worry you can find us and subscribe via Stitcher, Spotify and Podbean and all other good podcast platforms we also have a website mtb-tribe.com where you can find the complete back catalogue listen and download every show you can also subscribe there and get one email per week with a quick and easy link to listen to the show And if you have subscribed and are not receiving emails, please check your spam box because there is a second email you have to click to say yes, you want to receive emails. So please check your spam folders for that. You can also get involved on social media at MTB Tribe on Instagram and Facebook. Please take screenshots and help share the show out to as many people as you can. Let's get people off the sofas and onto the saddles and get them listening to the podcast and hopefully it'll inspire them a little to get out on the trails as I hope it inspires you so thanks once again folks for tuning in this week I really do appreciate it and I will see you next week for another MTB Tribe podcast but until then as always get out in the trails get those bikes ready for the incoming race season and stay MTB stoked <laughs>